These are co-ministers, great ministers, and I just wonder if I can pray for you guys this morning. Lord, I thank you that they have not lost their anchor. I thank you, Lord, they have not lost their anchor. Though the waves sweep up around them, Lord, you are the anchor. You are their centre, Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, that they cleave and they graft in this season like they have never cleaved and graft in their life before. I thank you, Lord, they're one with you. They will not be moved. They will not be shaken. They will not look to the left or the right. Their eyes are fixed on you, Jesus. You are the centre of their world. I thank you, Lord, that you light the path for their feet. Each step, Lord, I thank you, they will not drift to the left or the right. Each step, Lord, you will guide their feet one after the other, even though it seems like the next step is not clear or it takes time to come. The clarity takes time to come. I thank you, Lord, even if they just stand, you are with them, even while they stand. You're with them. You strengthen them to stand in Jesus' mighty name. I just thank you that you fill them, Lord. You fill them overflowing with your spirit, Lord, and your strength. You enable them to stand. You enable them to wait. I thank you, Lord. You're with them in the waiting, Lord. You're with them in the waiting in Jesus' name. I thank you that you safeguard them, Lord. I thank you that you're to the left and the right. You're before and you're in front. You're overhead. You're underneath. You're carrying them, Lord. They're hidden in your wing. Nothing will touch them, Lord. Only your blessing, only your goodness, only your mercy, only your faithfulness, Lord, will fill them, Lord, and their future. I thank you, Jesus. They lift their eyes up and they laugh at their future, Lord. Come what may, you are with them, Lord. Come what may, I thank you. Boldness is returning. Zeal is returning, Lord. Fire is returning, Lord. I thank you, Lord, the fire will not be put out, though it flickers and fades. I thank you, Lord, the fire will not be put out. I thank you, you stir it up into a mighty blazing furnace again, Lord. I thank you, you fill them, you fill them, the men and the women of God in Jesus' mighty name. Fill them with your spirit right now, overflowing in Jesus' name. Bless them, bless them, bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And church, many of you know our dear prayer warrior who has been in a season of rest. And let's just pray for her together right here this morning for beautiful Yvonne. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. You fill her with your spirit, your sweet spirit, Lord, your anointing, Lord, and your healing. I thank you, Lord. Every cell of her body responds to the word of God. Every cell of her body will be renewed and made whole and made well. We speak the fullness of health in every part of her body, mind, and spirit. I thank you, Lord, that her mind will rest and her body will rest when she lies down to sleep at night. I speak the deepest of sleep on this soul, the deepest of rest, renewing and restoring rest right through her body. And I rebuke any sense, Lord, of of nausea. I rebuke it, Lord, and I tell it to back off in Jesus' name. I speak strength and wholeness and wellness to her body. I rebuke nausea in Jesus' name. I tell you to back off. I speak peace and wellness and wholeness overflowing. Fill her with your anointing oil. Fill her with your healing power in Jesus' mighty name. Right now, we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's thank God here today. Oh, he's a good God. He sees it all. Why don't you take a seat here this morning, church? God is good. So I was walking out of my driveway on Boxing Day and I sort of had a question in my heart 
to ask the Lord is heading out for a bit of a prayer walk. And I was asking him uh, what his word for the year was for me, my personal life, as we tend to do at that time of year. And I was surprised and um, pleasured by his response because often the Lord says something contrary to me. I don't know how he talks to you, but often he's got a little bit of a cheeky thing going on. And his response was, um, would you like to know what my word is for the year? So not nap, personal world. He's the Lord's word for the year when he looks out over the earth. And I was like fist pumping. I was so excited. I'm like, wow, but this is the nature of our God. He is great and he is magnificent and he is personal and he is close and he will pull us in if we just give him time, if we just ask him the question. And I loved his response. The word was outpouring. This was his word for the earth, the outpouring. And this is the word that I'm going to unpackage for you here today, the outpouring. And I want to encourage you, um, you know, at this time of year, as we're walking into the year, as we're walking into a, a fresh new beginning, to take a moment not just to project your desires and your uh, vision for the year onto God and ask Him to bless it, but rather ask Him what He would have for you for this year and find yourself in His rhythm. And yes, He will bless it because it will be His purpose and intention for you and it's us taking a hold of it and partnering with it and then running in it. That is blessed. My friend, many times we have these kind of conversations with Lord where we're projecting up, we're projecting up all the things that we want Him to do on our behalf. But there is something sweet when we just take a moment, receive the word from him and then run with it and find ourselves in his rhythm and watch it outpour in our life. And all these other things will be added unto us. The Bible says, seek his first, his kingdom. And all these other things will be added to us as we do so. Now, when I think of an outpouring, I see a, a heavy downpour of rain, heavy downpour, torrential rain. That's the picture that springs to mind when I think of an outpouring. And I was in the southern highlands recently. Has anybody been down Barrel Way? It's really exquisite country and it is lush and green. I was there last weekend in January. The rest of Australia is dry and, and crisp, the country land, but not in the southern highlands. It is lush green pastures, magnificent, healthy, flourishing trees. Everywhere you look, you saw green, carpets of green, green that you could lie down and go to sleep in. It was so lush. And this is because all year round, it seems, in the southern highlands, there is an ongoing downpour of rain. The environment is unique to that little parcel of Australia and the downpour continues and therefore the lushness continues in that place. And that's the picture that I have as I come around this word here this morning. Isaiah 32:15 says, Until the Spirit is poured upon us from on high, and the wilderness becomes a fruitful field, and the fruitful field is valued as a forest. The consequence of an outpouring. The wilderness becomes a fruitful field, and the fruitful field is valued as a forest. What a great word for the community of Silverwater this year. This year I see barren places bearing fruit. And I see fruitful places becoming even more bountiful this year for Silverwater. In fact, Dorian, I know it feels like every time a preacher gets up at the moment, they speak over Dorian, but I have to, you must not be listening, Dorian, because they keep prophesying over you. Please correct your game. <laughs> 
But they keep, I, I just see huge increase on SG this year. I would say double on, on SG this year for you and for Sandy and your team. In fact, what I see you, Dorian, is it, it's like as, as quick as you release your team and send out your team, as quick as you release, it's like the, the, the increase gathers around them and then you've got to release again to keep up with the, the, the I just see doors opening and kids flooding in, like a long hallway of doors and they're opening, 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 opening and kids coming in, coming in, coming in. As quick as you can release, they're coming in. So get your increase game on. Get your release game on and open up the doors and just watch the increase that's coming this year. And do you know what? This word, I just feel also that there are, are dreams and desires that have been unfulfilled. Actually, for about a three to five year period, just in this last season, that I see those dreams being fulfilled this year. In fact, um, Mr. Shemillion, as I was preparing this word, speaking of dreams, and I'm, um, I'm sorry to, to make a private moment public right here in the pulpit this morning, um, but I saw you finding a partner this year. <laughs> I, actually, I saw her. Um, she was tall and fair. And um, together you flowed like milk and honey. It was so complimentary, so sweet. She had a sweet spirit, a light spirit, contagious spirit. And together I see a, mealing of, uh, a ministry of healing and reconciliation. Poured out of your life, poured out, poured out. And you won't just be like milk and honey. You will know milk and honey in your, in your life. There will be a profound blessing, abundant financial blessing on your life and on your ministry as a couple. In Jesus' mighty name. Can't wait to meet her. It's going to be fun. <laughs> so Isaiah 44.3 says, For I will pour water upon him who is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit upon your offspring and my blessing upon your descendants. You know, under this outpouring, it's profound what happens in an outpouring. It's like we see clearly. It's like the anesthetizing effect of the world is broken when we get under the outpouring. That's why we come to the house of God. When we stand in worship, when we get under the power of God, we see clearly. We know who we are. We recognize the fullness of who we are in Christ. Faith, the substance of faith is, is built up on the inside of us. We have a heavenly perspective. Under the outpouring, we see clearly. Those things that would, that would fog our thinking and cloud our mind no longer have any power. They are disarmed under the outpouring. We see fully, we know clearly who we are. You know, and Luke 24, 49 speaks of being clothed with power from on high. And that's what I see for Silverwater this year. When I look across you, your marriages, your families, your businesses, I see a church that is standing tall, feet firm, head high, clothed with power from on high. This year, under the outpouring, a church walking into the future with authority and confidence, laughing with boldness at our future, because he is on our side in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, my dear friend. Can we please thank the minstrel? It was all Enoch, all that anointing right there, nothing to do with me. He totally makes me look amazing. Thank you so much. Helps bring the anointing. So how do we position under the outpouring? Why would I even ask that question? When there's a heavy downpour of rain, you would think that everywhere would be affected and bear fruit because of that downpour. 
How do we position under the outpouring? I ask that question because how can one life be so transformed and revived and one so tired and unchanged in seemingly the same conditions? Well, friends, it's because we position differently under that outpouring. So I'm going to encourage us how we can get this, set ourselves up strong for this outpouring in 2015, which comes every time we're in his presence. This outpouring isn't unique to the corporate gathering. It's whenever we turn our heart to him. Whenever we turn our heart to him, he comes. That's his very nature. So being on the banks of the river is not the same as being in the river. And sometimes we find ourselves dry as the riverbank and we're watching our friends' lives around us splashing around in the river, have a lovely time, so blessed, so abundant, and we're on the riverbanks and wondering why that, that provision isn't touching our life. Well, we find out how to position ourselves in John 15, 4. He says, dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Live in me and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in, being vitally united to the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. There is a difference between being associated with and abiding in. Being vitally united to him. This is what that looks like to me. Breathe in. I need you, Lord. Breathe out. Help me, Lord. Breathe in. I'm desperate for you, Lord. Breathe out. Change that situation, Lord. Breathe in. I need your peace, Lord. Breathe out. Release your power, Lord. It is with my very breath. As I breathe in, I need him. As I breathe out, I need him. Every breath is vitally united to the vine, that life source, that power source, that that source that releases change into my circumstances. I can't afford to hold my breath. I can't do it. I can't live one breath without him. And whenever we try and hold our breath, there's normally an implosion or an explosion of some kind. Whenever we decide not to connect to that vital source of the vine, there will be some kind of a blow up, won't there? We've witnessed it many times in our personal world. No, we need the breath. We need his breath. We need his life. Just as we need our breath, we need him. We are vitally connected to the vine. We can't separate. Has anybody ever tried to separate an egg? I'm not one of much of a cook, but pre-Christmas we did go to Dee's house with my kids because they wanted to learn how to make pavlova, which was fun. Um, and Jessie tried to separate about three dozen eggs for this pavlova. So I think Dee later made an omelette or maybe your own pavlova with those eggs. It's like, okay, well, we'll use them elsewhere. But has anyone tried to separate an egg, the egg and the yolk? Dee would be, I mean, uh, Amanda would be a genius at it. She's a culinary genius right alongside Dee. Me, not so much. And Jessie's only five. So you can't blame the little guy for trying to separate the yolk and the egg. But some things are just meant to coexist. Some things are just made to be together. And anybody knows you shouldn't separate an egg and a yolk because who's made a pavlova? Now, probably one person in this room has actually made a fluffy pavlova. Normally, they collapse in the middle. They collapse in the middle because you're not meant to make things with eggs and yolks separated. It's just God didn't make it that way. 
<laughs> he made us to coexist. Like the egg and the yolk, they're so connected. It's very hard to separate them. It takes a lot of trauma to try and separate an egg and a yolk. A lot of mess, a lot of disaster, just as the egg and the yolk. We are meant to coexist with him. We're made to be in him, to dwell in him and him to dwell in us. There's not meant to be a separation. Jesus came to close the separation and to bring mankind back. He knew from the beginning of time we were made to coexist like the egg and the yolk to be together. Some exist on the fringe of the church, on the banks of the river, but it's in the depths of the river we flourish. Church, I want to call you in to the heart of the church. I want to call you into the core of the church. If you're coming on a Sunday, that's magnificent. Come to a connect group as well. Lean into the heart of the church. Lean into the life source. Find yourself in the depths of the river because it's in that place that we flourish. I love the, the Newman family. I've been watching them flourish in the depths of the river for seven, eight years. And it's been amazing. They have connected to the vine. They have planted themselves in the house of God. And there is a blessing, an anointing, and an increase that comes when we do this thing. And therefore, I provoke the church. Please come from the banks of the river into the depths of the river. Please lean in and move in. It will only empower and enlighten your life. It will set it on a course. You'll live at a higher place because you know the depths of the river. And you know the one who who dwells and lives in the depths of the river, the person of Jesus Christ. It's in the heart of the church that the blood, the life force flows. Lean into the depths this year. Outside of that place, this is what the Bible says, outside of that place of being connected to the vine, there is no power. There is actually no power. Zero power. He's very clear. Uh, the scripture says this, apart from him, we can do nothing. And sometimes we ask, why is this part of my life not flourishing? What's going on with this blockage here? Well, I would ask, is it vitally united to him, dependent on him for life, for breath? If we're doing the living and the breathing for a part of our life and not allowing the Lord to do the living and the breathing for a part of that life, it's not vitally connected. We actually, in order for one life support system to be implicated to this area of our life, we have to give it to the one. We can't kind of intercede in between and try and keep something alive on his behalf. No, we have to hand it over. We have to release that thing fully to him so that it is vitally united by him and through him. You know, when it's not connected, then we go to a place of prayer. We intercede, we stand in the gap for this part of our life so that we can get it grafted and connected. And if we won't pray, it won't change. If we won't pray, it won't change. The Bible is clear. Apart from him, we can do nothing. And prayer is the avenue in which we pull him into our circumstances. We draw him into our world. And we need the prayer of our heart and the prayer of our mouth to be in agreement. When we're interceding for a part of our life in which we want to see the life move, we want to see it buoyant and flourishing and coming alive, we need to bring it before him and we need the prayer of our mind and our heart to be in agreement because sometimes we're saying all the pious, tidy, right things with our mouth, 
that our heart is undermining with doubt and fear and is corrupted. The substance of faith is corrupted and therefore they are not in agreement. They're not in alignment. But the power comes when our heart believes what our mind and our mouth is saying. Then the power is released when the substance of faith is born through our mouth into our circumstances. Then things begin to change. Then we're releasing that life force into our circumstances in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give him a shout of praise here today. And if your mouth is a bit cheeky and doesn't do what you want it to do, because most of us will have a little sneaky voice somewhere in our world, whether it's about ourselves undermining our worth and our beauty and our strength and our intelligence, or it's about our marriage, just a little narky thing that comes out, or about our children and their future or our finances or our work situation. Most of us have a little something that tries to harness the power of our mouth and hijack it and speak into our world because even the enemy knows the power of our mouth, the creative power of our mouth. The Bible is very clear to release life or to release death. But what I love about the Lord is he even trains our mouth just like he did with Moses. It says in Exodus 4.12, Now therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and will teach you what you shall say. He will train our mouth in 2015 if we give him license to. He will take a hold. This year, give your mouth to the Lord. Give your mouth to the Lord this year that it would speak his words and his promises and his truth, that it would not undermine your circumstances and your fruitfulness. Give God your mouth. Let him train it. We go to the gym to train our body. We do diets and all of that. But the power of the mouth would change all of that if we would give it power to the power, the creative force that comes through the mouth. Give it to God this year in 2015. How do we receive the outpouring? That is one way we get grafted to the vine. We find ourselves vitally connected to that life force. And the second way this morning in Isaiah 40, 28, it says, God doesn't come and go. God lasts. God lasts. He's not switch on, switch off, up and down, moody. He doesn't do any of that. God lasts. He's creator of all you can see or imagine. He doesn't get tired out, doesn't pause to catch his breath. And he knows everything inside and out. He energizes those who get tired, gives fresh strength to drop outs. For even young people tie and drop out. Young folk in their prime stumble and fall. But those who wait upon God get fresh strength. They spread their wings and soar like eagles. They run and don't get tired. They walk and don't lag behind. God lasts. He lasts. Even when we don't, he lasts, he endures, he picks us up. Oh, sometimes he piggybacks us because we're so done by. This is his very nature. He lasts, he endures. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. He goes on and on and on. Oh, this is his nature as God lasts. As we wait on him, we develop the same ability to last. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. We, we lose the childish mood swings. It just goes. It's disarmed. He lasts. As we wait on him, we learn how to last. As I wait, things get simple. I'm content. I am consistent. I last. I last. I last. When I'm with him, his very character is imputed into me and I learn how to last. 
The key is to wait upon God as Mary did. In Luke 10 it says, But the Lord replied to her by saying, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. There is need of only one or but a few things. Mary had chosen the good portion, that which is to her advantage, which shall not be taken away from her. This year, let's choose that which is to our advantage. Let's wait and therefore last as we choose that which is to our advantage. We let the many things trump the one thing, don't we? It's so fickle, the things that come to distract us. The little, they're like little mice nibbling at the corner of your robe. They're just always there, these things, these silly things. Like you really have to get up and dust that thing right now. You have to close your Bible and dust because that dust is crying out for you to dust it right now. <laughs> it's ridiculous. The things that come, the fickleness, the distraction that will come to draw us away from waiting and therefore lasting. Let's choose that which is to our advantage. If we are not intentional, we get swept up in the many things. The many things have a rhythm. There's a momentum, these many things, that are so, so important, apparently so, so important. This, these many things, they, they push us along. They have a force. It's like moving us along. We have to be intentional to say, hold on a second, this is my waiting time. This is my lasting time. I'll block it. I'll defend it. I'll safeguard it. I'll battle down the hatches. I'll do whatever I've got to do. I will not be swept up in the momentum of the world. All these little things. Martha was caught up in ridiculous little things and she missed a moment to sit and wait and last. And Jesus corrected her in this moment. Mary made herself available. Martha was preoccupied. When we make ourselves available, these things happen. Fresh in filling, fresh strength, fresh vision, divine strategy. We gain a heavenly perspective. I think it's worth it. I think it's worth it, my friends. Under the same outpouring, how can one be so transformed and revived? How can one be so tired and unchanged? Two reasons. Two game changers. One, to be vitally connected to the vine. And two, to wait and therefore last, to master the art of, waste, of waiting. The consequence of an outpouring is an abundant harvest, fruitfulness springing up even out of unlikely places. This is the difference. Isaiah 32, 20 says, Happy and fortunate are you who cast your seed upon all waters. When the river overflows its banks, for the seed will sink into the mud, and when the water subsides, the plant will spring up, and you will find it after many days and reap an abundant harvest. This is what I see in that scripture. The right seed in the right soil under the outpouring produces an abundant harvest. So seed, people of God, where will we be planted? Where is our right soil? The outpouring is inevitable. It's coming. It's here. We're in it. We're amongst it for you to produce your harvest in 2015. We can't afford to be anywhere but in the right place. We've got to be planted in the right place. Time is running out. Jesus is coming back. That's a frequent joke in my household. You know, it hardly takes too long making dinner. Jesus is coming back. <laughs> Thank God he makes dinner. Obviously, I have a lot to be grateful for. How long it takes really shouldn't matter. <laughs> We can't afford to be anywhere but in the right place. Dear friends, we can't afford to not be planted in 2015. We've got to find our fruit-bearing place for this year. We can't waste time. Church, we cannot waste time. It needs to be now. The harvest is ripe now. It's imminent now. I feel the clock of time ticking. 
I want to move you. I want to provoke you, church, to make sure you're well appointed for this season so that you will bear the greatest, most abundant harvest that you physically and possibly and by His Spirit can. Amen. This year, you know, I love, um, I met a, a great minister recently. And she's got four little children, and she spent over a decade building a great, significant, influential church uh, on the Gold Coast. And with a number of circumstances, they've had a bit of a game change. And now, literally this weekend, they packed up their four little girls, and they've moved to Montreal, Canada, French-speaking Canada, to plant and pastor an English-speaking church. And I happened to meet with her a few months ago, and we had this conversation, and she said, Nat, I just think that Jesus is getting people in the right place for this season, for this time in the earth. And I couldn't agree more with her. Dear friends, we need to know that we are planted in the place that he would have us planted, that we would bear the most fruitful harvest that we could in this season. Please don't be swept up in the many things like Martha. Please give yourself to him this year. Please wait at his feet. Please perfect the art of waiting so that you would know that you're well appointed for this season, that you could bear the richest harvest that is possible through your life. You know, people are doing contrary, inconvenient, uncomfortable things all over the world in order to extend the kingdom. Oh, yes, they are. It's phenomenal, the stories coming out of China. My parents building a church, the underground church in China up until a few years ago. People will, will lay down their comfortable life and move to the far corners of the earth in order to extend the kingdom. And church, you know what? I'm going to be so bold as to call us all up to that place. Not necessarily to lay down your context, but to give yourself fully to the context of extending the kingdom in the earth. The reason we have this life and this breath is that we would not live just for our own, but rather we would have harvest eyes to see what the Lord is doing in the earth. Please don't waste time. Please don't shelve your gifts. Please give yourself to him in this time in Jesus' mighty name, because we cannot hold two purposes in one hand. We cannot hold two purposes in one hand. There is one call on our life. Yes, there are family and responsibilities, but there is one taskmaster. There is one Lord over our life that we would yield our heart to him, that we would let him direct and navigate, that we wouldn't try and be Lord, that we would allow him to be in, in our life. And in these days when with this breath, this mere dust of a life, that he would be able to do something worthwhile with it because we let him, because we graft to the vine, the master, because we wait like Mary and we hear his voice, that we would appoint ourselves in this time and yield fully to him. Don't hold back, church. Jesus is coming back. There's no time to hold back in this life. Amen. So where in this church would you be planted? What's your niche? Please, this year, don't let another two year slip by. Find your niche in the house of God, that place where would you would cause it to bear fruit, where you would watch it come alive. Because the life force doesn't move through programs, it moves through people. He, he, he works through these earthen vessels. It's when we, we get appointed in the right place in the life of the church and we, we, we send our roots down and we put our hand to the task that life springs up and abundance comes and it flourishes. Find your niche in the house of God this year. We're in the community. The majority of our ministry is where we spend the majority of our time. In your workplace, with your family, be Jesus. 
Be present. Bring the overflow of the Holy Spirit to that place. Let him move through your life. Watch favor come on your business because you are there and you know him. And you're bringing that favor into that atmosphere. Be an asset. Succeed in your field. Produce wealth. Influence your workplace this year in the community. Let's represent him well in 2015. Amen. Now, the last thing I want to share here this morning as I just ask the band to come is your instinct will release your harvest. What is your vital instinct? That is my question here today. What is that thing that God has given you? Just as we have a unique fingerprint or thumbprint, just as unique as the prints on our fingertips is that instinct and that gifting, that wiring that the Lord has given us. I pray that we wouldn't waste half our life trying to discover what it is, that you would just wait and hear from him and see it and then activate it in your life that you would work through that instinct because it's through your instinct that you will reap the greatest harvest. If we waste time trying to be someone else, we're going to lose the harvest that is assigned uniquely and personally to our life. What is your instinct? What is that fire on the inside of you? I want to encourage you to tap into that this year. You know, I would say I am hardwired to build the house of God. I don't think there's anybody that could disagree here this morning. I just love building the house of God. And you know, it's amazing because it's something that comes down through the generations. My grandfather was ministering to an Aboriginal community um, just a few hundred k's out of Alice Springs. He was actually working, uh, training, uh, breaking in the horses and training the Aboriginal community there how to break in the horses, teaching them farming principles on this place. And it was on that mission field that my father was born. He was literally born into that community one of his first tongues, along with uh, English, was Pijinjari. He spoke an Aboriginal tongue. Until he was about four years of age, he grew up on the mission field. And that fire and that call that was in my grandfather runs through my father and touched his little girl when I was born and I came to the earth. I know what I was called for. I am hardwired to build the house of God. I will give my life to the extension of the kingdom. What is your instinct? It is unique to you. It is worthwhile. Many times it's the thing that gets you up in the morning. Don't let somebody tell you that it's not worthwhile. Don't let somebody tell you that it's not significant. It is the very gift that it's the very breath of life that God has put on the inside of you. So stand up tall and own it and let it flourish. Let it loose this year in 2015. And as you do, as you release that instinct, the harvest will hunt you down. It will just naturally follow you and spring up all around you as you release that power that is on the inside of you, that instinct that is on the inside of you. This year in 2015, I just thank you, Lord, that it will flourish, that the lid's coming off, that we're breaking through ceilings in 2015. We will not be harnessed. We will not be held back. We will not be intimidated. We will not shrink back. This year, the Church of Silverwater is standing up and going after the things of God like never before. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. Why don't you just stand with me this morning, actually, church. Acts says, but none of these things move me. Neither do I esteem my life dear to myself. 
if only I may finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have attained from him, which was entrusted to me by the Lord Jesus Church. I want to call you to honour the ministry that was entrusted to you this morning. There is a ministry entrusted to each person in this room that is unique to you. But King Jesus himself, this year, honour that call, honour that ministry, be it marketplace, be it family, be it connect group, be it in, in the house of God, be it out on the mission field, honour that call this year. Honour the ministry which has been entrusted to you this year. Don't let it fall to the wayside. Pick it up. Breathe new life into it. Run with it. Give yourself to it this year. In Jesus' mighty name. Church, why don't you lift your hands and let me pray over you here today. Oh, Lord, I just thank you, Lord, that this year things are springing up in barren places. I thank you, Lord, under this outpouring, Lord, we will see life in barren places. I thank you, Lord, for babies but born, for partners being found, for houses being built, for uh, accreditation and an increase in studies, Lord. I thank you for increase on the people of Silverwater this year, Lord. I thank you for an outpouring, an outpouring that is mighty, that cannot be held back, Lord, an outpouring of your spirit, the richness of heaven being imparted into the people of Silverwater this year. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, for a great flourishing through our community, Lord, a great abundance of the harvest in our community this year. Whole run through your people this year, Lord. Work through your people. Bless through your people this year in 2015. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Right now, I want to ask if there's anyone in this room here today who needs to ask Jesus into your heart, who needs to pray a prayer that connects you to that vine, connects you to that life source. It's the very beginning of a relationship with Him, a prayer that says, Jesus, I need you. I want you in my life. I need to walk with you as Savior and friend. If you're here today and you've drifted from Him, you can reset your year. Your calendar year will be reset in a moment as you ask Jesus into your heart. Sometimes we drift and we need to reconnect to the source. We need to realign and get back on the same page. Maybe you've never prayed that prayer before. Maybe you need to get reconnected here today. Maybe you're unsure of how you stand before Him. Whatever the reason, it doesn't matter. It's not too big. It's not too great. It doesn't matter. What matters is that you return to Him today and you allow me to lead you in a prayer that will reset this year, a fresh start connected to the source of life, the great giver of life, the one who holds you in the palm of his hand. So right across this room, I would ask that you just lift your hand nice and high. If you'd like me to pray with you here this morning, I will see that hand. I'll invite you to pray here this morning. I see that hand. Jesus, are there others here today that needs to pray with me in this place this morning to reconnect and get set on a course for this year. Who is there in this place today? Don't let intimidation, don't let doubt, don't let fear, don't let guilt rob you of this moment. I see your hand. It's wonderful. I see your hand. Who else is there here today? We can't afford to be without Him. We can't even afford to be lukewarm. If you've drifted in that place, you need to reset the course. Run back to Him this morning. Lift your hand and I will see you. 
and I'll pray with you here today. Ah, oh, he's so good. He's so kind. He's so good. He's so kind. I'm going to pray with my friends here this morning. And if you'd still like to pray, be bold and come and meet me down here. Let's welcome my friends here this morning as they make their way forward. Can I pray with you this morning? church let's take a moment and pray here this morning dear Jesus thank you Lord that this man's salvation is sure I thank you Lord for your peace upon him right now I thank you Lord you fill him Lord I thank you for changes coming to his circumstance Lord I thank you Lord for healing from the inside out reconciliation Lord in his mind in his life every part of his life, Lord, being restored by your spirit in Jesus' mighty name. Fill him with your peace overflowing. Fill him with your spirit. Breathe life right into the very depths of him, Lord, right into his spirit, Lord. Love overflowing in Jesus' mighty name, renewed in every part of his life in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Lift your hands in the presence of God here this morning, Lord. He wants to refresh His church. He wants to renew you. He wants to lift the veil so that you remember who you are, so that you remember what you're called for, so that you remember who He is and that you're able, you're more than able. Oh, Lord, we lift you up in this place here this morning, Lord. Oh, we bless you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you that you fill the people of Silverwater. Fill them flow with your spirit here this morning. Oh, Lord, we will not shrink back. Oh, Lord, we're leaning into you this year, Lord. Oh, we're taking a hold of all that you have, all that you have for your people this year. Abundance bringing up, fruit and a harvest bringing up, springing up all over the place of silver water and a double portion, a bountiful harvest in every part of the people of silver water. In Jesus' name, oh, we bless you,
Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's give him one more round of applause. Thank you, Lord. What a great morning in the house of God. Thank you, Lord. Wonderful. What a brilliant word by Pastor Nat.